soundproof. This is the real deal here. Yeah. I, I have not been in a home studio this impressive. Well, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Tell me what you think. Mm. I already snuck a sip. It's good. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, okay, I did. good. Yeah. I like it a lot. It's nice. Where are we, uh, since I'm such a uh, aficionado. Right, right. Where are I we? think it's from France. Product of France. Yeah. Laville. There you go. Yeah. And it's not that expensive. And it's very tasty. Right. Win-win. Win-win. <laughs> Those are <laughs> the two criteria that I shop for wine yeah. using, so we're good to go. I was, like, thinking that maybe I couldn't even sip wine today because on Friday I went to a wedding and I drank too much of wine. And now you're and I got all, sick. You, the two of you need a, need a little break We needed there. a break, but this is this is sitting fine. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Did it, was it a nervous. different sort of wine that it was, was mean to you? It was a white wine. Okay. But it was because I had tequila before. Oh. <sighs> It and always red wine feels before. like a good idea, exactly. and it never is. Why do I ever mix things? <laughs> it's just, it never goes well. Whiskey and beer are my, my go-tos, and yeah. those are... You can go from one to the other, but then not back again. <laughs> you can't go back. That yeah. doesn't work well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gets a little whiskey. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to encourage that. I'm please gonna... don't. <laughs> also... We met in, or no, we didn't meet, but we saw each other in Italy. We did do that, that. one time. I'm going to tell this story briefly. Yeah. Um, I was in Italy for silly reasons that I will say later. I was on the Belmont silly trip. Reasons. I was rewarded for not planning ahead well. Is the, I'll, I'll, I can share that. Yeah. But we, uh, I was walking around in Italy and I passed you and you're wearing the black and white striped shirt and yeah. sunglasses <laughs> looking like you just got off your shift driving a do- gondola. <laughs> And I was like, that it's the family just, but you had big sunglasses. And I was like, that was Mont. That, that's that couldn't no. be. There's no way. That's a local. We're in Venice. There's no way. <laughs> and then another guy that I was on the trip with was also friends with you. Followed you on Instagram right. and saw that you had posted. And he's like, that's her. She's in Venice. <laughs> and then we met up with you and your sister. Uh, and then, but also, what was funny about that night was we, because we had actually just met up with a. Uh, a friend from Fort Worth that was there who was a okay. teacher at TCU. What a was that also a small world experience or yes. did you know they were gonna be there? No, we did not know. What the heck? I know. And they were like she was like chaperoning a trip and um her husband was there and her family and something which I won't go into, something horrible happened to one of their students that okay. was there. And so they were telling us the story and then that was the night that Mal and I met up with you and Ryan. Yeah. And so my dad was just like freaking like, out. Like don't go out alone. Yes. Yeah. And so he literally like I'm pretty sure he was kind of like <laughs> walking around. He was that facing area. somewhere, yeah. checking Ryan and I out. Yeah, he was just like not like he was worried about y'all, but just like us <laughs> I, being it out. It was late. I remember we found this cool like alleyway bar kind of place, but yeah. it was hard to find you guys because once we left the apartment we were staying in we did not have Wi-Fi. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah. So it's, it's like, what do you do? Somewhere around here. Yeah. It was really dark, too. Yeah. Yeah. But um, welcome to the show. Hi. Austin, how are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> so Austin <laughs> is the first to one here. to request to be on the show. Which I did. Which is really exciting. Yes. Yeah. Slid into the DMs. Slid into the DMs. Yeah. I saw what you were up to. I saw some very comfy chairs in the did. photos. Mm-hmm. And we had just recently reconnected at a Christmas party. And I was we like, did. you know what? Let's... Let's this would be this. a fun thing to do. Let's exactly. do this. I know. I feel like we had a good conversation there. Um, but yeah, we're recording at Dylan's this time, and he has these white, fuzzy, kind of egg-shaped. They're magnificent. They're great. They're... Are, yeah. How is it? Is it, is it all you hope to be? I'm, I'm levitating, it good. feels like. <laughs> levitate. <laughs> well, cool. Well, um, yeah, so tell me about 
Let's go way back. Let's go way back. Yeah. Like, not like, we don't have to go to like childhood. On August 20. Oh, that's right. where I was going. <laughs> You're like, in this hospital. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Um, so, where did you grow up? I grew up half and half. I, I was born in the Illinois area and then in halfway through fifth grade moved to Southern California. Oh, very and different. And it was everything I wanted it to be. And it was very, it was like, <laughs> at least from memory, maybe I'm repressing things, but even the stories I'm told, like, I was pretty gung-ho it it seemed oh, yeah. cool and i was like let's let's do this after yeah. my parents presented it and made it seem like an adventure and not a horrifying thing yes it's it, all in the way they present it, it that helped i think yeah and and it was awesome it, it met a bunch of friends at like in class it was coming in right after christmas break right in the middle of the year so it wow. wasn't at kind of a random week but it was in the middle of the year and so there wasn't a bunch of new kids it was just me it was just you. and so i got a little extra attention and just like got to meet people and yeah and that worked well for me and how old were you when you moved 11 halfway okay. through fifth grade i've been old for my grade like one of the older people in my grade so yeah i think 11 and that's good i feel like that's right before the like real shit starts yeah kicking in, yeah so. i had i had <laughs> friends in illinois but it wasn't like these lifelong deep friendships right. that i was losing it was just my friends yes. and now i had new friends and yeah, I feel that. We moved to, because I was born in New York, but we moved to... I didn't know that. Yeah, I was born yeah. in New York City, moved to Texas, so also very different yeah. things. But I was seven and my sister was 10, and we were both, like, so excited. Like, we, I don't feel like we were sad at all. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> my parents were like, we get to live in a house with a yard <laughs> wow. and, like, a pool. Like, that was, it was like, when you're young, you don't know why New York's cool. You don't, like, think it is. Sure. You know? And so it then, is, that feels cooler for the young professional than it is for a, a kid. Yes. Because it's, it's like, all I knew. Besides, like, we'd go to Texas to visit family. Were you, you were, like, in the city, not, yeah. you were in New York City. We were in New in... York City, 79th Street, yeah. And my, um, I recently saw a family friend in Austin, and she said, one time we came to visit and I was really young and I came in and I was like, probably to my sister, I was like, Mallory, they have a park in their backyard. Because <laughs> <laughs> they had a backyard at all? they had a backyard or, at yeah, all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. My uh, experience with that was the opposite. I loved mm -hmm. moving to Southern California. We were about 20 minutes away from the beach Ooh, and that was awesome. But nice. we were moving from a big Midwestern suburban, like we didn't have fences. Oh, okay. So we had a row of houses and then just this big grass area and then kind of a wetlands behind that and moved into a planned neighborhood super tightly packed stucco right. houses kind of like thing cul -de -sacs. and so it was yep. loss of yard yes but <laughs> loss of then yard. The, we had there was a bus that went right from my high school to salt creek beach and we did that all the time and, that's awesome oh, the days it's the days yeah the days so in high school were you kind of like sporty and creative kind of together like what yes i i Played on the sports teams. Mm -hmm. I played on. The, I played on the sports. Really teams. sounds like I know what I'm talking <laughs> right. about, doesn't it? I played it? them sports. I played. <laughs> I sported. I did. I'd, yeah, yeah. I, I believe you. played football and then I played rugby because oh. I was not great at football and I got to start on the rugby team because it was go. a brand new thing and we went to the like semifinal game That's first awesome. year ragtag bunch of we had water polo kids and football kids and cross country yeah. <laughs> kids all like let's try this thing. That's so cool. And it it was it was awesome and but then also I was always drawing I was always doodling um I met my wife in high school and so all of the dirt nice. follows me forever and she teases me that I was <laughs> I would draw and I was the kid who other people would draw and like it's my secret it's my art and right, I was just right. like look what I drew everybody <laughs> showing it to whoever would look and so I I did both and then when I quit 
high school football mm-hmm. junior year, I had to fill the space and I had to take an elective and that's when I started taking computer graphics. Cool. And my dad is a big computer guy and I had always doodled and he had encouraged me like try this on the computer. And so I've used some of the really early Adobe software like CS2 yep. and Apple Works painting yep. with individual pixels and but I'd never really gotten into it. And then taking this class was sort of that the blend of the art and the technology and I was good at it. I'm like, this is this, this is, is fun. It. So that's so funny because I was going to ask you, like, how do you feel about so like, you know, there's all these apps now there and these like, right, there's like Canva.com. I am a user because uh-huh. I never learned how to do it. And like, <laughs> I can make something look pretty good. Yeah. But I feel so bad because I'm like, I know there's like, it's free, legit though, right? people. It's Isn't like, Canva free or a lot of those apps are in Stitch and things yeah. like that where you can make it happen yourself. Yes. Yeah, some are yeah. free. There's some, I mean, but they're like five bucks or like, yeah. you know, it's cheap. But I, I always think about like, I feel bad because I know there are people like you that were there from day <laughs> one and you're like, you probably see that and you're like, that's not. I do not use it, but it doesn't yeah. bother me that it exists okay. because I don't want all of my friends who want four photos cropped together to ask me to do that for them. <laughs> exactly. That's true. <laughs> it's like, you can do that You yourself. can do the simple stuff. And yeah. I have, there's a lot of those tools and I do, I build websites too and Wix and Squarespace have helped me every now and then when it's a really simple project and it's like. You can do this yourself. Yes. And I will help you with it. Yes. And I will look at it when you're done and I will encourage you. But no, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> right. From well, scratch, that's true. custom development. That's true. Because I feel like I, because I made my own Squarespace site, but it's nothing special. Like I would, it's, I would like it, it make it. It looks good. It looks clean. Right. It gets the job done. You're out on the web. But, right. right. But it's not like you wouldn't look at that and be like, oh, wow, that's. But the effort that goes into, oh, wow, is. It's you know, where you when, come when you get to a point. Well, yes, but when you get to a point where you can do it yourself or you can pay for it and it's worth it, then mm-hmm. that's where I get to come in. And that's the yeah. fun part. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Yes. Kind of take it to the next level. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's super cool when like I get to a point where I can't do something anymore and someone can kind of bring what. Yes. You know, they I, I just interviewed someone that um, writes poetry okay. and she wrote a poem just she just I announced my album, but I hadn't put it out yet. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a poem just with the title. Dang. All and, yeah. Right. And like her poem was like weirdly, really close to what the like songs were about. So Before like she so had cool. heard any of the songs. Yeah. All right. Which was so was cool. Was this uh, a closeness? What is it called? Yes. Your Absence of Closeness. Your Absence of Closeness. Yes. The most so emo title ever. That is. Well, but that's <laughs> the title is more evocative of an emotion than something like a one word title. Right. Yeah. That would be. Really that would weird. be. <laughs> it was you like... have you have peeked at my notebook. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was sorry. No, th- I would say that's one of the coolest things that I left Belmont with is a lot of very talented friends who do a lot of different literally things. any need that you and yeah and <laughs> yeah. everybody does a couple different things and and everybody's all of the people that I am friends with and that I know of who are doing music are sincerely good at it and that's that's fun for me because i don't i'm not a very harsh critic but it's like i'll it's all fun to listen to i really enjoy all that and that's those are good people to know totally i know that's a cool thing about belmont it's like not only are all your friends creative they're like really good (laughs) (laughs) they have devoted some years now to practicing this and getting really good at it yeah yeah so i feel like i kind of always had this theory that most people that went to belmont were maybe in like a group of friends where they were the one that was a little bit different mm-hmm. not like you know 
different. <laughs> but like, or maybe. Or maybe different. But that you're saying like hometown and then they come yeah. to Belmont? Because like you, I feel like you have to, I, you know, unless you're coming for the weirdly good nursing program that we have that mm-hmm. I didn't know about or like, <laughs> you know, the sports. Law program, not right. <laughs> yeah. Or the sports teams, you know. All the sports. That All the sports. Play. Then you have to have some kind of like reason to come to Belmont. So like, what yeah. was what was yours, and did you feel like that? That is, uh, that's not a straight answer either. Mm-hmm. I would not have found Belmont. I told you I met my wife in high right. school, so it has a good ending. We exactly. got, but she she was my girlfriend in high school, and we wanted to go to college to the same school. And we were looking at a few different schools, and we applied to Texas at Austin. We applied to a few nice. other places, and then she her favorite of all of them was Vanderbilt. And I went and I toured Vanderbilt and my cousins lived in Nashville. So we were here for the summer and I went and checked out Vanderbilt and I was like, I don't like it. Yeah. Not at all. It's just something they didn't have design or marketing or even business. Yeah. And they they just the vibe was very it I, I did not get a good vibe and it was yeah. f- perfect weather. Like it, it was just something about the, the people we met and what I'd heard about it. And the really competitive academic focus thing was just. And then what it was even offered to study was not for me. Yeah. And so I sort of reluctantly at first was looking in the area because I knew that was her favorite and then found and you Belmont. Drove down the road. And- <laughs> I did, right. But then I found Belmont and like loved it with or without her. Everything I oh, learned cool. about it was so cool. And they had an ultimate Frisbee team, which I got to play on yes. more sports. Right. Um, and just the, the very collaborative artistic music and just all and then entrepreneurship all kinds of creativity yeah was awesome everything i heard about it and i didn't actually tour belmont i, I <laughs> heard about it online and i had looked at photos and lexi went later yeah lexi went later to a vanderbilt tour and then like popped over and grabbed some information for but i lived in california <laughs> she grabbed you a brochure she like grabbed me one she's trying to sell me on it because she wanted to go to vanderbilt yeah and uh ended up being one of the best decisions I made. I wish I could have made it strategically, but yeah. it's I just most and, of all because of the people that I met. It's unbelievable how, as a graphic designer, especially the entrepreneurs and the musicians and the people that I've met who I've got to work with and got to collaborate with has been awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. And I like Nashville a lot. I yeah. have no plans of leaving. That's a huge draw. I know. It's like, why would we leave? I, right. Yeah. I'm like, don't don't move here. Right now, like... I'm doing that. No, I, I am doing that. I'm part of the problem. I'm Wait, recruiting what? a lot of friends and family oh, well, to Nashville. Okay. We know them then. Yeah. That's like a... They're, they're good people. Yeah, it's yeah. not just random them. people. It's like yeah. bringing our friends. Yeah. Yeah. Get those nice sound effects. The screw cap one. Yes. I know. It is a very nice sound. I I, I have a story about the screw cap wine. Do you? I took a marketing class that talked all about it because oh, really? real, real wine snob, like classic wine snobs, we thought it had to be a cork. And right. screw cap wine is cheap wine, but if a wine has a screw cap, it will never go bad. And corked wine can get air in it and ruin that's it. So and true. that's why you do like the bottle test at restaurants. Yeah. And so nicer and nicer wines are using the screw cap. Yep. But there was this whole marketing campaign to convince consumers that. Screw cap wine was not cheap, oh. not delicious wine, that it was yes. good stuff. That's so interesting. Yeah, because I, I rarely buy – well, I love red wine, but it gives me a headache a lot of times. Okay. So, like, I try not to mess with it. But I also, like, I feel like I have to drink – like, have the whole bottle. Like, if I have it, like, bring it somewhere. Right. Like, everyone has to finish it because – I don't want to bring it home with a cork. <laughs> with I used to think that was okay. Like jammed back yeah, in there. Yeah, and now I'm like, that's, that's not, not okay. That's not keeping it fresh. No, it doesn't taste good. Yeah. Okay, so do you remember kind of some of your first projects at Belmont? And, like, where do you kind of start when, like, someone hires you? Okay, yeah. yeah. We 
my first projects were obviously school projects and then like stuff for friends and friends of friends totally. and album covers and yeah. logos and I did the original logo and icon for Mr. B's rap app. Yes. <laughs> Mr. B Travel Who's B. <laughs> Uh, he was in my songwriting class. He's a good dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and just stuff like that that people who I mean everyone's got a project, everyone's working on an or album something. or got this business idea and getting connected with those people. There's people in the film class who I did a movie poster for cool. for their their indie film and stuff, just stuff like that, just anything that I could get my hands on anything yeah. that need to be just <laughs> made like, get all the experience yeah, yeah. Totally. and and it's so smart that you did all the kind of avenues that you could possible it's, you know i just liked it and every project i still have a problem with this but every project is so exciting when i first hear about it i was like yes let's do it <laughs> and i'm getting to a point now where i need to get better at saying no and i'm learning mm -hmm. that slower than i need to but i'm getting better at it um better at saying no and like better at setting up price and if you yes, can't do better it at, better more just overbooking myself mm -hmm. than anything because i will i i have said yes to too much at once yeah <laughs> <laughs> and what i really if i'm gonna be growing pen and mug which is my freelance brand if i'm gonna keep growing that i've done a bunch of doing one project for 10 like one little thing for 10 clients rather mm -hmm. than doing 10 things for one client when it doesn't even necessarily have to be a larger nationwide brand or even a Nashville, but just something where I can, one business that has the budget and has enough need and enough things that they're working on that I can do a few different things for one company and then show all of that nicely together rather than here's an animation I did over here and here's a logo I did over here and then nothing else to build on any of those. Because yeah. my favorite thing is doing logos or branding and then whether a rebrand or a new brand, but then taking that and making everything making business cards making website making everything with that and expanding on that full just yeah, how like that all looks together yes. yeah yeah that makes sense because then it's I'm, like you're need so to find in more it. of those yes yeah, totally yeah well that's um yeah i i think it's so hard for creative people to first of all like value your work and like set your prices and all that because you know maybe one you like don't even understand how valuable it is but also number two like you love doing it. So like, why right. would you say no? Like if someone asked me to play a gig that was really cool or sing in their wedding, but they didn't have a budget, like, of course I'm going to say yeah. yes, right. you know, but then it's like, that gets to a point where, yeah, it's like, what's, what's worth saying no to? Well, and, I think yeah. the, you know, people say that doing something, do it for exposure is bullshit. But at the same time, doing that, starting out, like that's a great way to start out and not yeah. just get exposure, but get practice yeah for yourself so that when you're actually doing it for money or for a live audience mm -hmm. you know what you're doing <laughs> yeah exactly it's huge <laughs> so that yeah yeah that, that was yeah because i feel like for me i feel like we talked about at that um christmas party about how a lot of people from belmont you know immediately wanted to do their own thing yes and i loved what you said because sometimes i feel like oh i should be just going after my dream whatever that is you know wholeheartedly but like it's smart to start out, like, first of all, try to work in an industry that, like, you, you know, feel valued and, like, yeah. your work feels, you know, it feels valuable. But 
and then work on your side stuff and then see how that grows. And then maybe eventually you can switch over full time. Yeah. Yeah. See if you get to a point where you don't have time to do both, then then you can make the call or you can cut back here. But exactly. Yeah. That's that's what I'm doing right now. My my day job is at HCA Healthcare. Mm-hmm. And then I have pen and mug on the side growing that. And that has been the the dream situation honestly yeah it's been it's totally kosher to have the freelance side project i have a lot of people that i work with who will take freelance work if it falls in their lap and Mm -hmm. then a few that are actively pursuing it like i do but i'm working with a ton of really badass veteran graphic designers who i get to learn from and i get to work closely with that if i had gone straight out on my own it financially would have been bold (laughs) but then also I didn't exist I it's so much cooler not only the relationships but just what I can learn from people who've been doing this forever that I I feel like I'm learning quicker and it's sticking Mm -hmm. better and I have these relationships that every now and then you know more veteran designer will kick something down to you or or you just you just get to see how they do it and little things where I feel like the Adobe software I know a lot of it really well mm-hmm. and there's still there's I mean the people that created it don't know everything that it can do. Yeah. It's just so It's like pro tools or something. It's yeah. yes. <laughs> and so and I I'll see someone else working on something and it's like how did you just do that? I've never seen that before. And yeah. it'll just speed up the process in little ways or it's just awesome. Yeah. It's it's so cool to be surrounded by those people. And I'm a big you talk a lot about the Enneagram. I'm a yeah. 7. I'm a textbook 7. Yes, I was going to guess 3 or 7. Three, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I <laughs> I took it and I got a 7 and everyone that I was with was like, "You're such a, You're seven. Such a 7." Of course. <laughs> and I did resonate with just about everything it said, good and bad. Yeah. Um <laughs> I know. I'm but, so glad that I kind of cuz I got into it in school actually at spiritual formation class. Okay. And Someone had, like, told me about it before, but I never was, like, surrounded by a group of people that were, like, you're such a four, yeah. you know, because I would have been, like, what do you mean? I'm glad I, like, figured it out and then, this was you know. This was a group where I had two friends who had taken it and knew it already, and then me and Lexi were taking it, and she finished it faster than I did, <laughs> and then was reading the other ones, and yep. I was still taking it, and then finished it, and all three of them were, like, yep, we yep. know it. What was she? An eight. Cool. Which is an interesting... She's, yeah. she's, like gotten stoked about it now this is her favorite thing that she's an eight and she's reading articles about how it's different for males and females just for cultural reasons and she's like yes Yes. i'm an eight Uh (laughs) yeah she should read um i don't know if she's read it um it's called the road back to you it's by ian cron i don't think so and he lives in nashville he has this podcast called typology and he has like really cool guests on and they talk about the enneagram and as an enneagram types type yeah, I, I hear yeah, I hear typography. Sorry. Typo- oh yeah, typology. <laughs> typology. <laughs> typography, and he has a chapter on. I mean, he goes through all of the types, but in the eight chapter, he focuses on female eights. Okay, yeah. Because that's got to be the most like misunderstood. Yeah, and that's yeah. my mom's an eight, and of, it just yeah it makes so much. One sense. of the articles she read called it the Velvet Hammer, and so yeah. now that's her superhero name. Yes, that's, the I, Velvet Hammer. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Velvet Hammer. <laughs> Well, that's so cool because earlier when you were talking about um, how you would do your doodles and you're mm-hmm. like, look at this instead look, of being look. like, you know, all emo about yeah. it. That's yep. great, though, because I envy <laughs> that because like I that's why I thought maybe a three or seven because. What is the th- I don't know many of the other ones. What is oh, the yeah, three? Sorry. So three is the achiever or performer. OK. Yeah. And that's my yeah. wing. So I'm a four, which is the individualist. And I, the uh, I've also done the. Strengths finders. Yeah, I like that. And that, one too. that the I think one of my top three was called achiever. And the definition is probably a little different, but there that was one of the threes yeah. and sevens are are, are similar because they're okay. both like because sevens kind of their motivation is just 
to like keep going and like experience everything and all that. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like, yeah. What? No. What? No. <laughs> and a three's that way, but their motivation is more to achieve and perform. And um, yeah. And so that's been like a weird thing because for me, because a four can t- kind of tend to be like inward and like a little yes. shy and like a little and then but then the three side of me is like a performer and wants to be out there and mm-hmm. so it's like kind of weird but yeah that's cool that being a creative seven i think is a good combination because yeah you can you don't have to be so like you know personal and well, weird and about i know it. and a lot of designers and web developers like just doing their thing and i'm going to give it to you and you're going to love it and we're done here and yeah. i really love the client relationship as well. That's something that I love about the doing the freelance work and having the full experience of meeting, negotiating, working with you, talking with you. And I like being the person collaborating with the client and, and talking with them and updating them. And a lot of people would rather a project manager take that middleman role. Yes. And they just do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think for my own business, the best thing I have going for me is that I want to do that. Like I want to do the people do part too. Yeah. That's well, great. Yeah. But yeah. The, I don't know that I have a any secret sauce illustration that only I can do right. kind of thing, but yes. I'm just that's that people part is my favorite part, and yeah. that's that's awesome. That's probably the seven showing. Yeah. Did you know um, Sadie Birchfield in design? Or I think I brought this up at the party, and you said no, maybe. That uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, I almost certainly would recognize her face. Yeah. So she did all my. She's done like a ton of my like artwork and stuff. Yeah. And that, that's been like really fun because we would like, you know, meet up at a coffee shop and I would like. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> yes. And it was so cool because I'd be like, I hadn't told anyone about this song yet. And I'd have to like really get into the like nitty gritty of what it's about because she wants to know so she can. Yeah. That is my favorite. part, And that's why I called my brand Pen and Mug is because oh. the first thing I start with every project mm-hmm. is a pen and a mug. There you go. And you get going. And like a, like an empty mug or like a coffee mug? Usually coffee. Okay. Sometimes yes. wine. Sometimes wine so- <laughs> in the mug. <laughs> um, but uh, the big German beer mug, mm-hmm. usually coffee. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I love meat. Like the coffee shop is something about, there have been studies done about this. I read one and I forget everything I read, but it was just like about how the coffee shop environment and just some sort of noise going on around you and but it somehow that helps me focus yeah and it's a really fun atmosphere to meet with people and it's a fun atmosphere to go camp for four hours and and work on my laptop and i always feel like when i spend like more than like five hours at a coffee shop doing work i feel like i need to say bye to everybody like i feel like i just (laughs) bye everybody bye everybody it's been good hanging out (laughs) but it's so true i love going to any like nashville coffee shop and just overhearing people talk Mm -hmm. about and sometimes it's like kind of laughable because it's just the same conversation you're hearing you know it's like so i'm releasing my first ep or like but then sometimes you hear the coolest conversations and you're like I've Thanks. seen a lot cool. of very cool people, yeah. like random people that I haven't seen in forever or celebrity signings or that kind of thing is, mm-hmm. is really fun, too. Oh, totally. And then I always, like, imagine that someone sees what I'm working on and they're like, yeah. oh, what's that guy? What's that guy? That's cool. Oh, yeah. We've all had that moment where yeah. I'm like, this probably looks kind of cool. <laughs> this <laughs> like when I'm editing my podcast. logo. <laughs> it looks really complicated. It's really not. But yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> but anyone who doesn't know how to use the software exactly. thinks they're like, I'm oh, a genius. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you start with a pen because I whenever I write songs I always yep. and paper and pen and I don't mm-hmm. understand when people because I finish it and then I put it on a computer yep. and people will come to rights and they'll open a laptop and I'm like how can you be no, inspired by I, like, word I have a sketchbook everywhere I go yeah. and it's just I 
it I can think more organically and mm-hmm. just quicker yeah. in a sketchbook and then go from there. And I took a screenwriting class back to Belmont. Oh, cool. And uh, and I loved it. I, I took a few creative writing classes and screenwriting. That's another thing that I want to do more of someday. Um, awesome. And the screenwriting class, I had to do 40 pages of a script. And he one of his encouragements that I ended up taking, maybe not a good idea, but it ended up okay, <laughs> That write it all by hand because the big thing with screenwriting as opposed to book writing Mm -hmm. and other proses, you want it to be short and terse and pithy and like you don't want to have this flowery detail. You want to like then he walked here and he did this because the rest will come out and you want to leave the director to have some input into it. And so so part of I I loved writing in a notebook and that's just how I worked. And Will Akers as a professor told me try handwriting it. And then, because you got to write it, and then you got to edit it anyway. But if right. you handwrite it, and then part of the editing process is moving it digital, yeah, you will get rid of anything that doesn't need to be there because you don't want to keep exactly. writing this again and again. God, because how many times have I typed like millions of pages? And then I'm like, God, I have to go back and edit chomp, all this. Chomp, chomp, yep. We, uh, yeah, I type so much faster than I write. I, I won't handwrite much extra detail because yes. that's annoying. Nope. And then going from here to there, and it's just like. Ugh. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't, that doesn't matter. We right. don't need that. Move on. Even, I mean, it works for writing succinctly. Yes. But just for for thinking, for thinking organically, it's just so much better to I agree. get it in pen. It works for me. And I really love, I have a shelf full of sketchbooks. Yes. And it's just, it's very satisfying. You yeah. see that progress and just to, I don't know, the tactile experience of it is awesome. Oh, totally. Yeah, I was <laughs> writing with someone recently and... I had, cause I'll write a section and then I'll like go down here and then I'll go over here and I'll draw arrows. And I also have terrible handwriting. Like no one can read it. And so she was just like transcribing it for me. She was uh-huh. like, so now this is verse two. I was like, is this, yeah. Is this coming here? Is this coming here? Yeah. But yeah, I think it's so, it's way more creative than just getting digital. Yeah. Digital's for, for polishing it and refining it, but yes. that's not the best way for me to think. And I've, I think that's not just a me thing. I've had professors and and people that I work with that I respect a lot encourage that of just like mm-hmm. start on paper start with a pencil start with a pen yeah and do your thinking there and then do the polished creating and usually for me I'll even like I'll do a bunch of rough sketches and thumbnails and quick stuff and then I'll try and get a more careful polished sketch even for a logo that's supposed to be super simple certainly for a illustration or something with more to it mm-hmm. but I'll do a more carefully done detailed sketch and then take a photo of that with my phone (laughs) or scan it and get that into the computer and then essentially trace it with the digital shapes and with the lines and and then take the sketch out and refine it and tweak it oh that's super cool but that just that's a a cool way too to bake your own personal style into something that you've built with squares and circles Totally. you know it's yeah 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 because that's yeah, I was going to ask you about, I think it was on your Instagram or something about authenticity. And I feel yeah. like sometimes like branding can be kind of deceptive or kind of, you know, kind of too perfect. And sometimes I'll want to literally want to buy something because it looks pretty. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I know that they're deceiving me, but I still am going <laughs> to buy it, you know. Yeah. But the branding that I love is that's really creative and like you can see kind of the origins of it. And so, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's I think what I mean by that is the something that gets tossed around at the day job a lot is that brand is a promise. Brand is not a logo. Mm. Brand is a promise. And you've got a, a brand is your full experience with 
a brand, you know, Starbucks, Southwest Airlines, that they're the experience of them. It's not just their logo. The logo is a symbol you learn to associate with this positive feeling that Mm -hmm. you have with this company, whatever you like about it, different brands that you like. And a visual brand that captures that, whatever they do in their own way that captures that well is awesome. Yeah, that's so true. Like start to finish, not just like that's going to get you to buy it or go on that trip or whatever. It's going to carry you through it. And then another thing, especially with social media, is people that show (laughs) the process, not just the finished, polished, beautiful product showing Mm -hmm. that, but then like here's what it took to get there or freelancers who will show their pristine Pinterest office, (laughs) but then show a photo of like, this is hard today. You know, and just people that show that, transparency is it's awesome and you just oh, yeah. you connect with them more i loved um do you know johnny swim yeah yeah so they posted a picture of like a really good picture of them really professional they're looking like real good and the caption was like guys some days you look like crap and like some like, kind of like almost like making fun of the people it's <laughs> yeah. like so good it's like some days we just don't look i like the best. captions that don't quite fit with the photo exactly it always surprise you That's yeah great. and it's like a perfect picture of them. yes perfect <laughs> um oh i was gonna ask you did you know just speaking of like you know the branding is the experience someone told me recently that hotels they even like have the same smell like in the lobby they like interesting curate the smell which makes sense because that's like the most associated that's, sense with the memory yeah and so when you you know walk into a embassy suites they all smell the same and if yeah if you've had a good experience it's like this is my place exactly this is it. isn't that weird that's awesome yeah that's i knew that um in southern california i grew up going to disneyland every now and then a lot of friends had passes mm-hmm. and i would go occasionally and the you never had a pass you just i did not pass. but i loved it there <laughs> yes and uh, who doesn't the <laughs> the the main street? I heard that there's like this book of the secrets of Disneyland and the main street. There's this ice cream shop that always smells so stupidly delicious, like waffle cone and vanilla. Oh, yes. And it's not the smell of the ice cream. They have like smell machines that oh are just gosh. pumping that into the street that's out so in front smart. of it. It's like, of course, it makes me want it so bad. And yes. That's, that's just clever. I don't know. That's yeah. some that, that doesn't feel deceptive to me no it is like it's smart. just smart yeah <laughs> we're gonna trigger your craving exactly and then you're really gonna enjoy your ice cream we're not tricking you into buying something that you hate right exactly yeah yeah so i came up with another question okay so right before we came here <laughs> <laughs> so did you grow up going to church like are yeah. you okay so and you have not left the church you're still with i have not left the church cool. <laughs> so have you I wanted to know if you've ever had like a project that made you uncomfortable or made you, were you ever, you know, branding something that was. No. No. And I don't, I I think jobs that I have turned down are more things that are not interesting mm-hmm. rather than uncomfortable. I haven't had anything come up that was like against my code or yeah, something. Yeah. And then also I think I I know people who have had that sort of experience working at an agency. And I think that's one of the other cool things about my in-house day job is I'm working for a healthcare company. Yeah. And you know, it's really easy to get behind that. And mm-hmm. I'm usually creating mostly informational 
just like value added stuff. I'm yeah. not even necessarily trying to sell you on something. I'm just trying to make you think that I'm this company is the expert on it so that when you need help, you think of us. Yes. And yeah. that I, I've never had to do something where like it's the best T-shirt ever. Right. And maybe it's not. And like I, yeah. I haven't had to really overplay something like that, fortunately. And I but I think that. I don't know. I don't know that I would have. Like if it was a big opportunity, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have said no. Yeah. And maybe I'm I'm getting to a point now where I'm able to, but I no, I don't think I've had anything. I don't I don't think I've had the opportunity of anything that really yeah. challenged my values that way. Yeah, because I feel like it'd be hard if you were, you know, kind of the face of your brand. Yeah. To because I feel like it'd be easier if you were working for a company. They're like, oh well, it's just the company's doing that, and mm-hmm. I'm just working on it, and you can kind of. But, yeah, that too. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Well, that's potentially someday for the reasons of values. But what I was saying that I'm not very good at saying no, mm-hmm. and I need to get better at that. So far, that's just because that's just been because everything's exciting at first. But getting to the point where I have the day job, I don't need the pen and mug jobs to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. I just need that to build a reputation and yeah, start to and build a portfolio your... and build that like that excitement that I have to make things and to help solve problems that that's where I am able to and now mm-hmm. need to learn how to start saying no. And I think I'm, I'm getting to a place where if something came along that I just I just wasn't interested in, like that's not something I want to put on my website, on my socials. Yeah, I would be comfortable saying that. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's and I need to learn how to say that to other things that <laughs> there's no <laughs> dramatic reason like that to yep. say no. It's just like, I can't right now, even yes. if it sounds cool. I know. I know what you mean. It's hard for me to say no, too. Yeah. So are you working on, is there a project you're working on right now or that you have in the past couple of years that really you were really excited about that you want to kind of my, single out? Yeah. My favorite thing, the coolest thing that I've worked on has been the Live on the Green Music Festival. Oh, cool. Which is, re it's ridiculous. It's so cool. I've been going to it since I was in Nashville. And I'm just like, right. I can't believe I'm working on this. Yep. It's Yeah. <laughs> and right now it's really cool. I was, so it's, it, last year was its 10th year and I did oh, yeah. most of the marketing and the event signage and the social graphics and all that kind of stuff. And the guy who has done all of the work and who helped with some of the work in the 10th year, the guy who's done all the work, one through nine, mm-hmm. he and the executive producer, and I've gotten to chime into this a little bit, are totally redoing the visual brand of Live on the Green this year. Cool. It's so awesome. Oh, it I'm so excited. It looks unbelievable, and everybody that we've given a peek of is excited about it, and I'm amped up about it. So not just, I mean, working for this festival at all has been the most exciting client that I've had, and getting to be a part of flipping that. And I didn't, I wasn't the mastermind behind the new look. I Mm -hmm. got to help with it a bit, but now I get to take it and run with it. And we've, we've done a couple things and I get to take how that looks and make everything else. And that's so exciting. That's so exciting. It's so cool. Yeah. So live in the green is this free festival in downtown Nashville. It's amazing. It's always been free and it's put on by lightning 100, the local radio station. And it's, it's so cool because they have 
big headliners like Passion Pit and Band of Horses and all these people. We've had Portugal Man, yep. Young the Giant. Yeah. Last year, Jimmy Eat World Jimmy was Eat World. the ultimate headliner. They were oh, so good. It was so good. I like so snuck good. in the middle of the crowd. Yes. Oh. And then they, but then what's cool is they also have a 615 stage. So it's like local artists and stuff because Lightning 100 is so good at supporting local artists. And yeah, it's, I got to work at my senior year because I was an intern. Oh, right on. At and it Lightning? was so fun. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's and it awesome. was a blast. And like, we just, you know, we worked the, you know, the tent basically just yeah. like giving out koozies. Like it was not work. <laughs> <laughs> and then like anytime we would kind of coordinate, like, ooh, I really want to be backstage for this artist. And we just get to like go into VIP yep. and like, oh, so cool. That was, that was it. And it's that's, so it had everyone that asked me, I, I was getting teased for how like golden retriever. I, I was like, this <laughs> that, is so cool. Yes. I'm still geeking out about it. So. Oh no, that's, I would be so excited too. Yes. It's such a special festival because it's so... It's just such a community, like, and it's so great because it's always like it's end of summer in the fall where things are. It's like an happening. epic, impressive thing, but it's also such a beloved thing in Nashville. And there's so yeah. many artists that will be up there and say something like, "You know, we're from Seattle, and we don't have anything like that. Like, this is so cool yeah. what you have here. It's so true, and yeah, it's awesome. Ah, oh, so cool. Well, that's so exciting. So, check out Lightning 100s. Check out Lightning 100. Check out Live on the Green. Yeah. When is that going to be announcing? Do you know? The, I think in a couple weeks, maybe a month, we're going to try and put the first couple social posts out just announcing the schedule. The cool. schedule's changing a little bit and showing the new look a little bit. And <laughs> during that time, I'll be working quickly on the, some of the graphics and working with a friend on the website and getting all that built. And then uh, June 20th? Okay. I should know this. I think it's June 20th is the lineup announcement. Okay. So awesome. that's the day to keep so in be mind. Be on the lookout. Yep. Yeah. Follow at Live on the Green and at Lightning 100 and at Pen and Mug mm. for all this Definitely stuff. that last one. <laughs> yeah. Definitely the last one. <laughs> Anything else you want to... So I've been asking people about plugging stuff and you can take a second to think about it. Um, just a podcast, a movie, a album... Things I'm working on or my favorite things? Your favorite things. So you can plug oh. something about yourself and then plug something that you're just like into. TV okay. show. Yeah. Yeah, anything um, like that. I think about mine. So one one personal thing and one professional thing. Mm -hmm. Personally, I just flew through The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Oh, Have you seen this? No, I haven't. It's there. It's So Netflix and Marvel. Marvel and Disney have grouped up. Okay. I, they, I think they merged or is there some Did sort they? of official partnership i don't okay. i don't know if the companies either one bought the other um but they they it's what i've heard is it's the worst kept secret in the industry that they're gonna create one their own sort of streaming service like a netflix and a hulu disney and marvel together i think so and I, but i thought one of them owned hulu i'm hearing mixed stories here i okay. don't know but so they're gonna create something and so netflix cut the budget of all of the shows that it was working on with Marvel because Marvel's cool. going to do this other thing now. Okay. They're like, you're cheating on me. And so they <laughs> they took all that money and they just created all these new original so shows and Umbrella Academy is a superhero show with a totally different tone and vibe from any other superhero show. Okay. And it's... I don't know. It was totally weird. And I watched the first couple episodes and I was just hooked. It's like, this is so fun and cool. And it's this family and they're all 30-year-old washed up haven't really practiced superheroes <laughs> yes. who now have to deal with this thing and it was just really really stuck in my head and i was really excited for the next episode so that's awesome if you're into cool. any of that sort yeah. of thing um very lovable wacky characters yeah 
And then professionally, something that I've really gone to for a lot of inspiration is called the Perspective Podcast with Scotty Russell. It is anyone who's doing a similar sort of thing to me. It's for creative entrepreneurs of all kinds, but particularly people who are building something for themselves outside of a day job. And he interviews elite, like top names in the industry of design and lettering and and illustration and people with hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers and people who have worked for the biggest nationwide brands and just talks to them about like what's going on. (laughs) And it's been amazing, like people who I've known of and have followed forever to just get to hear their voice and hear them talk with this guy for a half hour is awesome. And I've learned so much from it. And anyone, I think it is, a lot of it is geared towards designers and illustrators, but anyone working on some sort of creative side hustle or passion project, you could get a lot out of it. And that's been awesome for me. Cool. It's called Perspective? Is the it Perspective Collective is his website. I, I think it's called the Perspective Podcast. Okay, cool. But that's so cool. I've, I've probably heard 30 episodes now and I'm going, he's got over a hundred. It's the last October was episode a hundred. And so there's a lot. I, I don't know Honestly, if no, I'll I ever get, make it backwards. But I love getting into a podcast that has so many episodes because I tend to get hooked and I'm They've like, really hit their yeah. groove. They know what they're doing. Exactly. And, and it's awesome. That's so cool. Well, cool. Yeah, I'll plug. Um, So tomorrow. So this is going to come out way later than yeah. what is tomorrow. So tomorrow is March 26th. And it's true. Right. And I got. So my friend Jocelyn, her friend named Caitlin, she is putting out she's a co-author of this book called the book of comforts and it's supposed to it says genuine encouragement for hard times so i think it's kind of a devotional but it's more about like overcoming fear kind of in like the daily and so she is having her book release tomorrow and she asked me to play music so i'm really excited right on yeah so you can like i think you can get it i'll put the link in the description i haven't because it's not out yet. I haven't you, like, checked it out yet. Playing sure gently in the background throughout the whole <laughs> right, book, or yeah. are you r- ramping it up during <laughs> the dramatic in, part? Yeah, no, I'm gonna like you know shred. I'm nice electric. Yeah, nice. No, I'm gonna. She was like, just play whatever you want as people are walking in, and then oh, yeah. she. It was cool. She asked me to play like an original worship song, so I'm gonna do a, a Lauren Daigle cover because of course, and then an original. And one. I was gonna say that's not an original. Right oh, there, you go. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, and then I'm also gonna plug, Sigrid. Is the Swedish? No, no, she's Norwegian. <laughs> she's Norwegian and she's an artist, and she came out with this big song called "Don't Kill My Vibe" like two years ago. But she released her album called "Sucker Punch," and it's so good. It's like you know when you start listening to a song and you like want the melody to go somewhere, and mm-hmm. it always does. Like that's how her music nice. is. It's like I want it to do this, and it does. It's so good, and the production's so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And I love every song. I think it might be my favorite album that this year so far. That means a lot someone who actually knows music, too. And you're like, where you want <laughs> like it to go is actually stuff. something clever and right. smart. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's cool. It's like, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about it. It's really good. And she's got like this really interesting voice. And it's not like she's... I was really glad to hear that she was Norwegian because uh-huh. she's not just like doing her quirky voice, <laughs> you know, which I hate. And then she, she gets literally has an interview accent. and she talks like this. Yeah, she's, she's like, yeah. hey. She <clears> literally has an accent and... She also has really good, like, gritty vocals, too. I like that. Yeah, so it's, like, really passionate. Yep. And, yeah, it's awesome. So it's called Sucker Punch. So check that out. I just I just texted you this in, uh, when we were talking before this. Anderson Pock. 
I don't know how I was so late to this train. Oh. He's newer for me. And oh, is he I, he's just like all as an I'm artist. listening to. Oh, he's oh my so gosh, good. He's so good. I love it all. Yes. I've just been like cycling through until it starts playing random artists because I've listened to every song on his Spotify. He is so and good. And I start it back over. I, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's. I need to see him live. He's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, his new song, King James, is amazing. I, I heard about him through another podcast called Black With No Cream, which is a similar, okay. another coffee pun, but it's similar to... Um, it's it's photographers and videographers primarily, but it's that also that like creative side hustle or full time hustle talking very transparently about the ups and downs and everything through that. But one of the guys interviewed for that was the videographer for Anderson Pac. Oh, cool. And I was like, well, now I got to check this artist yeah. out because this videographer is cool and the story sounded awesome. And that like, that's so cool. I don't know how I never heard way. about him before. I, yeah. I like hip hop. I've listened to a lot of that. And he somehow. I never heard of him until far too recently. And oh, he's so good. He's awesome. His song Tints. Yes, that's it's the so catchiest good. thing Kendrick. in the world. Oh, it's so good. I'll, I'll just go ahead and sing it for tinted. you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're now we're going to perform it live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can be Kendrick. I'll be Anderson. Oh, okay. Anderson. Is it Anderson or Anderson? Anderson. Anderson. I don't know why I always want to say I Anderson I say that talk. confidently <laughs> because I heard this podcast of his videographer calling him Anderson. Okay, thank you. That Hopefully he knows what he's talking about. He sounds about. like a trusted source. I Because so. I just see Pac and I'm like, Anderson Pac. Anderson Pac. That's not right. Norwegian. Yeah. Ooh, I also want to plug, just speaking of other podcasts, have you listened to The Liturgist podcast? No. So that podcast is amazing. It's been out probably three years, maybe even longer, and it's Michael Gunger, who is mm-hmm. a part of Gunger, and then... Uh, this guy named Science Mike who kind of does like the data <laughs> stuff. And Bill Nye. Yes. He's like so smart. And anytime they talk about like psychological stuff, he'll like go into this like really, you know, scientifical stuff. One of my favorite things he said is anecdotal evidence is not the plural of data, which blew my mind. Because nice. someone was saying, but, you know, like if they're trying to like refute a fact, they'll like tell a story with, yeah, yeah, yeah. with an anecdote. Yeah. So that was really cool. But they talk about topics that are often not talked about in the church. So. Mm-hmm. Like LGBTQ and like black and white in America and all this stuff. So they do all these topics. And then recently they brought on this woman named Hillary McBride, who's this therapist and she's amazing. And then this guy named William Matthews, who's a like an artist and a pastor. And they just put out, there's a live in Nashville one because they do these like gatherings mm-hmm. and it was all on fear. And like they each told a story about fear. But what was really cool was at the end, Hillary does kind of a meditation and I'd heard about like podcasts that do meditations, yeah. but I've never like tried it. And it feels kind of silly, you know, at first, but she was like talking. I was like, I'm just going to try this. And I did it like before church and it was really cool. Made me feel really calm. So yeah. check that out too. That's become something that I've really loved and looked for since we've talked about this a bit already. Um, is that is, is I've been looking forever for a church or, or some speaker who, when they're talking about these sorts of things adds extra context or adds like mm-hmm. research to it. Yes. Because I was the church I was going to for a while. I felt like I heard the same story just straight up. Like, here's a story like you've never heard it before mm-hmm. repeatedly. And I was like, I don't want to hear about Moses. Like I, yeah. I know what I, happened. Know. Tell me why it matters. Yes. Challenge me a little Challenge bit. Challenge me. Yes. And so just, we'll just keep fan boy and girling over here. Yeah. But, but journey church in Nashville is one that I just found that, um, friends of mine showed, told me about and that's it's been exactly that and then another guy uh, Andy Stanley out of okay. Georgia somewhere he Atlanta um, he they they both talk about 
like that, like with new context, with research, with talking about the Greek translation and mm -hmm. not looking at it just like literally straightforward. But what does it mean? What is the story that's trying to be conveyed? Yeah. Adding the context of like, this is a thing he said that sounds weird and maybe powerful, but here's what was going on at the time yes. that what this actually meant is this. And yes, this is I why it that. blew people's mind. And that's been awesome. And that was where I have not left the church, but there was a time where I was just like, bored and and like looking for someone to times. add more yeah. context like that and that was Andy Stanley that I mentioned was awesome and cool. he he a lot of the authors that he cites in his this series called Who Needs God he he cites these authors that are almost all atheist authors and he'll say these yeah. quotes and he's like here's the quote they said and they're right yeah and here's why that doesn't disprove this whole thing yes. but like they're yes they're right it's yeah. not and just and getting into it like that and analyzing it and and talking about it critically rather than just like here's a story shut up recite it listen here's to what it we think. this like, is what it is yeah it's like if don't we believe, think about it too hard right if we believe in the text like why are we believing like a pastor's interpretation of it you know like because right. a pastor can have so many different interpretations They're a of person it. too. Yeah, exactly. A person wrote it. A person is reading it to you. Like right. You've got to try and take yourself back to what the original message was. Totally. Yeah, there's like a way to humanize it. And then there's a way to like, I don't know, like explain it in a way that's too simple or too like kind of too easy that just, yeah, does not resonate with me. That ever. was this, this series, the Who Needs God series was childhood definitions of God and how they don't age well and how mm -hmm. as an adult they don't make sense. And like yeah. one one example was the people who say horrible things happen to good people, therefore God can't exist. And he's like, well, nobody's saying bad things never happen to good people, therefore right. there must be a God. Like that, the yeah. opposite of that is not an argument for God. So right. it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's just, and really getting into how looking at it from a more complex, more adult standpoint were... Or people who have difficult relationships with their fathers. And then you hear yeah. God called father. And it's like, oh, no, that's not a comforting word to be. And just yeah. getting into all that was awesome. Because that has been something I'd never heard before. And probably wasn't ready to hear until mm -hmm. around this time. But Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like if I heard it when I was younger, I'd be like, no. like yeah. I don't, it just wouldn't have made sense or it would have yeah. been scary. But now it's exactly what is adding to it rather than it just being memorization. Now it's like learning something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might've said on this podcast that I used to be, my mom used to call me the obnoxious evangelist. I was very oh, obnoxious. Oh no. Yeah. It was bad. And <laughs> the worst. Yeah. The worst. Right. And I remember I gave my friend who wasn't a Christian, the, the case for Christ. Uh huh. And he was like, eh, that's cool. But like, all the scientists that he referenced, like, are Christians. Uh -huh. At the time, I was like, well, whatever, you know? But it's like, no, like, if you're trying to do a factual study of something, like, get all perspectives because right. that's not going to win someone over that's not a Christian. Like, if I was trying to, you know, learn about something that I didn't believe in, I wouldn't want it to be all about or, you know, reference yeah. from all the same belief. That's not going to convince well, and me. Or... My attitude that I try to have when going into any sort of conversation or debate is like, I don't want to, I don't want to win. I want to learn the truth. Yes. I want to be right. I want to, like, if you say something mm -hmm. that blows my mind and takes down my argument, I'm going to go read about that. And yes. I'll like, that's interesting to me. And mm -hmm. so that, yeah. Yeah. Learning wanna... to not 
prepare your response to something while yeah. someone is talking is a huge thing. And just listening to them and taking it all in and asking more questions mm-hmm. is going to be so much more like, beneficial. That doesn't make sense from what I've known so far. So tell me more about that. Yeah. And maybe it comes around or, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I had a cool conversation recently with um, actually the friend and roommate, ex-roommate that um, used to work at HCA because he's not oh, yeah. a believer. He grew up Catholic and then he just stopped going to church and he it was so cool. We were like in the living room and I was just walking into the living room and he goes, Monica, are you afraid to die? <laughs> and I was like, you know, just casual. Yeah. Wednesday night combo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I go and it was weird because I, I responded so like normally, not like, why are you asking me that? I was just like, oh, no, I'm way more afraid of like someone I love dying. And he goes, crap, maybe I do need to believe in God. <laughs> because everyone that he asked that, that were believers, said that. And he said he was way more afraid of dying. And then that just led to this conversation. And I was just listening to him. And it was like, for the first time, yeah, I wasn't preparing what I was going to say. I was literally listening. And I was praying the whole time. Mm-hmm. I was just like, God, just like watch over this conversation. Like, literally whatever you want him to hear, like, have us speak it. You know, instead of being like... Oh, let me take this part and I can argue Let's that. Let's convince him and tell him he's wrong. Exactly. And in and, and bringing it back to yourself, like he would be like, well, why did blah, blah, blah. And I would be like, well, personally, this is how I feel. And like that's but like I'm not saying you need to feel that way, yeah. you know, but that's how I feel. And I. Yeah, exactly. So. Totally. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm, so we've solved it. We've we fixed it. We know how to evangelize I'm, now. I'm horrified of dying. I don't. Are you? You're like I've got personally... a lot I want to do. I'm yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Got goals. <laughs> I definitely am afraid of dying. I don't. I don't know. I guess I'm not. I don't think I am. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm just because not I... that you're looking forward to it, no, but you're just not. I'm not afraid. welcoming it. Right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, you know. Yeah. I don't know. That's just never something that scares me, unless I'm in a really dangerous situation, which I. And then you're like, no, 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 no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, this could be real, but just on a day to day. So if you day, end up in the ocean, you'll still swim. Right. Like, <laughs> I'll be like, just take me. <laughs> Dark comedy. Exactly. Ooh. Well, thanks so much for Absolutely. being here. Yeah. Absolutely. My this favorite. was awesome. And you're a fan of the rosé? One more cheers. One more I cheers. Am. Now. It's only $11. We will begin the drunk history portion of this exactly. segment. <laughs> so Lewis and Clark. Let me <laughs> tell you about Lewis and Clark. Those guys were nuts. <laughs> Those guys were nuts. I haven't watched that in so long. I love that show. It's fun. It's such a good idea. It is. Yeah. And it's, I wish it could be shown in public school. Maybe it can be, but like that, I had one history teacher who made it seem like a story and it was awesome and it was exciting. Uh Uh-huh. And I had several others who did not. Yes. And that, like watching that show and it makes me chuckle, but I'm like, I'm learning. I know, it makes me want to like go back. I'm absorbing it and I'm learning about these characters. I'm like, that character seems cool. Let's learn more about them. So cool.